better? There we go. All right. I hate technology sometimes, and then I love it. It's, it's just the most bipolar relationship I could ever have. Okay, so let me start that over. We're going to start our, or we're going to finish, we're going to finish our series on encounters uh, with Jesus, different people in the Gospels who had an encounter with Christ, and, and we've been unpacking some really good truth on, in a lot of these. Today, I want to take a look at John the Baptist, who had actually, if we're honest with, uh, if I'm honest with you, it was a secondhand encounter with Jesus that I dare say, if any of us had the same encounter, if any of us approached Jesus like John the Baptist did here, we might feel just a little bit guilty about it. The top of my message today is about with doubt. About with doubt. What do you do? How do you handle moments of spiritual doubt? And the person I'm going to focus on, you're going to see... I don't know that Jesus had a higher compliment of any person on earth than John the Baptist, who came to Jesus via his own disciples and said something that maybe some of us would be a little timid to bring to Jesus. Let me show you what I mean. We are in the book of Luke chapter 7. And we're going to begin in verse 18. If you're able to, could you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 18, verse 20. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can follow along on the screen. I'll have all my scriptures on the screen for you here today. So here we go. Starting in verse 18 in Luke 7, John's disciples told him about all these things. And calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to, add, to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases and sicknesses and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And after John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you among those, listen to this, among those born of women... There is no one greater than John. 
yet the one who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. Lord, speak to us today. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us navigate moments where we might have some spiritual doubts. And God, I pray that you would move in us through your word. And God, we'll thank you and we'll give you all the praise. And it's in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. Spiritual doubt. Now, you might say, okay, Pastor Phil, where are you going with this? Where, where are you getting this? Um, it, it just seems like an interesting question. Well, I want to take you back to when John the Baptist identified who Jesus was, and he, and this is important, okay? He publicly proclaimed this in John chapter 1, okay? Check this out. Here's what it says. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one. Let's remind ourselves who's talking. This is John the Baptist. Okay, let's go. This is the one whom I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Now that's awesome, except a little later, after proclaiming this is God's chosen one, he sends his disciples, see, because John's in prison. So John the Baptist sends some of his followers to Jesus after saying, this is the one, and he sends his disciples to say, are you the one? Whoa. Let me bring it home a little bit better. We sing the songs. We quote the verses. We pray the prayers. And we hear the sermons. And we can say, God is great. God provides. God is the great. Fill in the blank. But then if we're honest with ourselves, there are moments in our lives where we, even though we sing the songs, even though we've grown up knowing this stuff, there are moments that we come to Jesus and we say, are are you really all that this book says you are? Spiritual doubt. We'll tell other people he's the healer. But then, are you really the healer? Because I'm not feeling so great. 
We'll tell other people, we will proclaim, we will sing that he is a God who restores and does great things. But then in our own minds and in our own hearts, if we're being honest, we'll even, we'll even have this mentality that says, are you really that God that I sing about? Are you really that God that pastor preached about on Sunday? Are you really everything that your word says you are? And, and see, when we have those doubts, we think, we think, oh, we are terrible people. How awful that we feel this way. And may I remind you that according to Jesus, the one who sent his disciples to, go, to totally backtrack when he said, this is the chosen one. And then later he says, are you really the one? Jesus says, no one born of women is greater than this guy. So if you've ever, or maybe you currently have some spiritual doubt, I want you to know that you're actually in some really good company today. And it's not as abnormal as you might think. And Jesus is not ready to zap you because of it. And that's what I want to uncover today. Because in this encounter, I think that it was just as much for the people that heard this whole thing going on as it was for John the Baptist who was in prison. And so let me unpack this in just three different areas for you today, okay? Because we get some incredible insights on this. Here's the first one. Let's look at the source of our doubt. What causes us to doubt Jesus in the first place? What, co what causes us to doubt everything that pastor preached just this past Sunday? What causes us to doubt everything that Jonathan sang just this past Sunday? What, how does this happen? Now, again, Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 18, we get a little bit of insight. It says, John's disciples told him about all these things, and calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? Again, where was John the Baptist when he said this? Yeah, he wasn't in the Hilton. He was in prison. When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the one who is to come, or, or should, we, should we expect someone else? And let me identify for you what I believe causes us to have moments of spiritual doubt. First of all, I think when we have unfulfilled expectations of Jesus... That causes us to have spiritual doubt. Dare I say that maybe John the Baptist thought that Jesus would rescue him from prison. Bail him out. Maybe since Jesus was the great miracle worker, perhaps he could, you know, throw a bone my way. Get me out of here. They want to kill me. 
maybe we find ourselves at times expecting Jesus to perform a certain way and to do a certain thing. And when he doesn't do that, we find ourselves saying, are you really the one? In fact, what's interesting about the disciples, they, they, uh, John's disciples, was the fact that they said, are you the one or should we expect another one? And, and here's the temptation. See, the temptation is when your expectations of Jesus are not met, you will often try to find your expectations fulfilled in somebody else. And that's why you see some people jump from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to situation to situation to situation because they're trying to find that fulfillment that only Jesus can give them. They're trying to find that fulfillment in somebody else. And unfulfilled expectations will cause us to have questions, to have doubt. And very similar to that, not only unfulfilled expectations, but also unanswered prayers. (laughs) You ever pray for something and you didn't get what you were asking for? God, I really, really, really want this job. Oh, God, I want this job. This job. No other job. This job. And and it could be that God says, that job would be terrible for you. You're going to want to kill the boss. (laughs) The environment's horrible, but, but you're just... It's got to be this way, God. And, and so when God doesn't answer your prayer the way that you want him to, sometimes we have doubt. It's not like you're asking God to kill somebody. You know, God, strike her, strike her dead, oh, please. She's annoying. So it's not like you're praying a bad prayer. I mean, these are good prayers. God, heal me. And, and it, it still hurts. <laughs> I'm still sick. God, change this person's heart. And it hasn't happened yet. And so what happens? What happens? We then form, and again, it's John the Baptist the greatest person, according to Jesus, ever born. John the Baptist had doubt. And so what happens to us when when our expectations aren't fulfilled and when our answers aren't, aren't, uh, or when our prayers aren't answered the way that we want them to be answered, then are you the one? Or maybe it's not just unfulfilled expectations or unanswered prayers, but maybe just really uncomfortable circumstances. Let's again remind ourselves from where this question originated. It was from prison. Not a good place to be at all. Very un- <laughs> Prison is supposed to be uncomfortable. 
And John the Baptist finds himself in a very uncomfortable circumstance. And maybe that alone, because maybe finances are not so good, maybe the job does give you fits. Maybe, maybe because of the, 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 the time in life that you're in right now, things are just not comfortable. Things are, are difficult. They're, they're stressful. They give you anxiety. And, and, and God gets that. But, but here's the deal. Sometimes if we're not careful, we will actually allow our current circumstances to dictate what our view is of a supernatural God. John the Baptist, greatest guy ever born, according to Jesus. That's a pretty high opinion. Dinner's done. That's a pretty high opinion. I don't know who that was, but bless your heart. So maybe, maybe, maybe we can relate to some of these moments. Maybe we've never gotten over one of these. And here's the deal. You'll, you'll stand in here, you'll raise your hands, and you'll, and you'll worship, and it's good. You're good. Maybe you'll even give the, the pastor an amen or two while he's preaching, and that's good. That's awesome. But, but deep down inside, one of these has just lingered in your spirit, and that has caused you to keep from seeing Jesus for who he was. That's the source of our doubt. Thankfully, we're not here just to open wounds. I'm here to tell you that there's a solution to your doubt. We, there, there's all kinds of sources for our doubts. <laughs> I may not even have touched on yours, but, but you've got it. Or you've dealt with it. But then Jesus... Jesus does something. And here's, here's what Jesus did not do. Jesus didn't say, hey, John's out of prison. I translated him back to the Jordan River. Go, go pick him up. <laughs> it's not what he did. So I will tell you, I will tell you right now, that the solution to your doubt may not be in making your circumstance more comfortable. <laughs> the, the, the solution to your particular doubt, it may not come by Jesus immediately giving you what you want. Whew. There is some truth we're hearing here today. God's word is so powerful. So how does he do it? What does he do in John's case? Look again at the scripture. Starting verse 21 of Luke 7. At that very, <laughs> at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. And he gave sight to many that were blind. Okay, pause here for a second. Wow. See, because for me, if somebody comes to me like that, I'm thinking, well, you tell John, hey, uh, I created him, by the way. <laughs> and that's not what he did. In fact, before Jesus, before Jesus ever said a word, he starts healing people right in 
front of them. Are you the one or should we expect somebody else? And, and Jesus kind of, he starts doing his thing. And, and deaf ears are being opened and, and blind eyes are being opened and, and lame are walking and even evil spirits are being cast out right in front of them. So he does all that. So you, you almost lose it when you read this because you think it was like boom, boom. Like, you know, he just like said a quick prayer and said, okay, now, but this took some time. There's a gap in time between verse, tw- <laughs> there's a gap in time in between verse 21 and 22. Y'all understand that, right? Verse 22, so we replied to the messengers, now go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. What did Jesus do? What does Jesus want to do for us in the midst of our doubt? Same thing. First of all, he provides confirmation of who he is. He confirms that he is who he said he is. He starts healing. He starts raising the dead. He starts demonstrating his power over unclean spirits right in front of him. Right in front of him. And he says, okay, guys. Appreciate you coming. Now I want you to tell John the Baptist that I'm doing everything that you just saw. I am everything. I'm everything that my word says that I am. Jesus would remind you in the midst of your doubt that he is everything that his word says that he is. He is a God who provides. He is a God who heals. He is a God that puts families back together. He is a God who delivers and saves. He is a God that can give hope where there doesn't seem to be any hope. He is a God who restores. His word says it over and over and over again. And what Jesus would remind us all is the fact that he is, even though you don't think it's working for you, understand that he hasn't changed. Your circumstances maybe have changed. Maybe you have changed, but God never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is everything that his word says that he is. But he also says this. He he provides a confidence in who you are. That last verse when he says, blessed is the person who does not stumble because of me. 
I've met a lot of people in many years of ministry who have stumbled because they never reconciled their doubts with Jesus. You know what I appreciate about John? He brought his doubts to Jesus. The, the, the frightening thing is when you have a person who wants to be a child of God, who claims to be a follower of Jesus, who will never, ever bring their doubts to him. They think he's going to get you. Some of you have been raised that way. I dare not. I dare not bring anything like that to Jesus. He'll give me a flat tire. It's not how he does it. It's not how he does it. In fact, I'm going to give you this last thing I want to unpack from this little story. We've seen some of the sources of our doubts and and what I think is a solution to our doubts, but there was also great solace in the midst of John's doubts that that you, you can't miss here. Because Jesus does something very special that we can actually apply to our lives. I want to show you. You ready for this? Look at verse 24. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. Now, here's what I'm glad that Jesus did not say about John What a loser! I can't believe he would embarrass me. You know we're cousins. I can't believe that he would embarrass me like this. I've got a special bolt of lightning reserved. Nero thinks he's got him. No, I'm going to nail him myself. How dare he? Is that what he said? Of course not. What did he say? He starts talking about John. He says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? By the way, uh, John the Baptist, kind of weird. Okay, dressed in, yeah, yeah. It, it, it ate bugs. It, it just, you know, yeah. You think today's televangelists are weird. John the Baptist, okay. But let me go. They're not all weird. If not, what did, you, what did you go out to see? Filter. A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it's written. I want you to keep that phrase in mind. This is the one about whom it is written. Okay, will you keep that phrase in mind? I will send my messenger ahead of you and and who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, and yet the one who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. You see, what, what Jesus had to say about John, I think he has to say some things to you and me as well in the midst of spiritual doubt.
I think, first of all, he would say, remember what my love is all about. I very facetiously talked about lightning being zapped on John because he had doubts and, and Jesus calling him a loser and thinking less of him. And to be quite honest with you, that was the furthest thing from Jesus' mind or lips. And in the midst of the doubt, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of what he was thinking, Jesus did not get angry at John. I want you to hear this, please. Jesus did not get angry at John the Baptist because of his doubts. He didn't. Jesus is not going to get mad at you because of your questions. Jesus is not going to get angry with you because of your doubts. Now, what you do with those doubts, that's the key. If you're going to keep them in, Jesus isn't going to destroy you. You are destroying yourself. But Jesus said, go ahead. Go, I can handle Jesus can handle you. I don't want to offend him. He's good. He, can he created the universe. He can handle me. He can handle my doubt. He can handle my questions. And so I can go to him honestly, even, ooh, even in the midst of John publicly saying, this is the one, this is the guy, this is the one we're waiting on. And then just a few moments later, he says, I don't know. And for those of us who have raised our hands and praised the Lord and said, God, you're the Lord. You're the one that takes care of me. You're the one that heals. You're the one that restores. You're the one that delivers. You're the one that saves. You're the one that does all of this. And maybe you're at a point. Maybe you are in some personal prison that causes you to look to Jesus and say, I don't know. And Jesus says, bring that to me. Bring that to me. You, you, you got questions? Bring it. You got doubts? Bring them. Bring them. I'm not going to think less of you because of it. Did he think less of John? Did he think less of John? No, and he's not going to think less of you either. So he says, remember what my love is all about. Secondly, remember what my word says. Remember that phrase I told you remember? You might have forgot already. This is the one about whom it is written. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. What did Jesus say? I want to remind y'all, he was in the southern part of the Jewish area. <laughs> I want to remind you, all of you, I want to remind you what the Bible, what the word has to say about John. And so what would Jesus say to you today? I want to remind you, in the midst of your doubt, I want to remind you about what my word says about you. Would you like to see some examples? First John chapter 2 says, I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus He's your child, or, or I'm sorry, you're his child. You're his child. And your sins, if you're a follower of Jesus, your sins have been forgiven. Psalm chapter 139, verse 14. I'm just giving you a three. There's tons. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. 
I know that full well. What, what, Jesus didn't just slap you together with spare parts. You, you, have been, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. That's how much he loves you. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Verse 37, ladies, you, you're probably going to cover this in your Bible study this Saturday. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, just as Jesus went to the word and says, this is what the word says about John the Baptist. Because what happened? There was prophecy that was fulfilled through the life of John the Baptist. And Jesus was bringing out the fact that here, here's what the word says about John the Baptist. It's been fulfilled. Now Jesus would look at you and he would say, this is what the word of God says about you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Your sins are forgiven. I have made you fearfully and wonderfully and you are more than a conqueror through me. You need to be reminded of what God's word says about you in the midst of your doubt. Don't, don't, don't try to handle your doubt outside of God's word. Don't try to handle your doubt separated from God's word. You'll never get over it. Let me try this side. Don't try to handle, <laughs> don't try to handle your doubt separated from God's word. You'll, you'll never get over it. You'll, you'll, you'll never get over it. You, 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 you got to know what this thing says, what the Bible says about you. And then Jesus would say, related very much to this, remember what I think of you. That's when Jesus says, among everyone born of women, there is no one greater than John the Baptist. And I think, I think that was very purposeful what Jesus did because in the midst of John's doubt, Jesus said, I think so highly of John. And then he looks at you and he says the same thing. I think so highly of you. Maybe you should remind yourself, maybe every day, Jesus thinks so highly of me. And then I read the word in the book of Isaiah. It says, for the mountains may move and the hills disappear. But even then, God speaking to his people, he says, my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. <laughs> no matter what, Jesus says, no matter what, I love you. And that's easy to believe when we're doing well. But then when we have doubts and maybe we're a little ugly and maybe when we're kind of our attitude is bad and we're mad at God and we're mad at people, we're kicking the cat and we're just angry about life and everything. So even when we're at our word, don't kick your cat, okay? 
even when we're at our worst, Jesus says, I, I still love you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the New Living Translation says that God paid a high price for you. You've been bought with a price. God paid a high price for you through the death of his son. And then finally in Zephaniah, some of you had no idea you were going to get a Zephaniah verse today. Some of you don't even know where that's at. It's in the Old Testament. It says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Can you make God sing? That's how much he loves you. You got doubts? You're in great company. Because the one who is the greatest human being ever born, according to Jesus, had them too. And maybe you've never navigated past that moment, that jail cell, that circumstance, that unrealized expectation, that, that unfulfilled prayer that you had. It, it, and you've never gotten over that. Jesus today, and Jonathan, if you could help me, Jesus would say that I want you to bring your doubts to me. Bring them to me. Dump them on me. I can handle it, Jesus would say. But he would say, don't stop there. Remember that I'm everything that you sing. I'm everything that you read. I'm everything that you've heard that I am and way more. And be reminded just how much I love you. That may not get you out of your jail cell, but you at least, you at least can be freed from the prison that's inside of you, if not the one that's around you. Jesus, I pray that today that there would be some wonderful people either in this room or watching somewhere online who would bring their moment of doubt, their circumstance, their situation, whatever it is, whatever has caused them to doubt that you are everything that your word says that you are. God, we're, and some of us, God, maybe we've been around the church for a long time. Of course we should know better, but God, here we are. Here we are. So Lord, we want to bring that to you. And I'm so glad, Lord, that you're not mad at me for that. But God, may I be reminded of who you really are. May I be reminded of what your word says about me. May I be reminded that I'm, I'm yours. I'm your beloved. So Lord, I pray for 
a moment today that we can cast our doubts to you. Will you stand with me, church? Now, a message like this is one that could really, really stir up a lot of things on the inside. And I get it. So this morning, I want to give you a chance as that's stirring to bring it to Jesus. I want you to, I want you to pray. Say, okay, Jesus, here, I'm, here I am. Here's where I'm at. And he won't be offended in the least. In fact, he wants to remind you of who he is and who you are in his eyes. And, and, and if, if you could walk away with that, there'll be freedom. There'll be freedom. Your circumstances still might be tough, but there's, there is a freedom there that is unlike any other. And so I'm, I'm going to pray one more prayer. I'm going to say amen. When I do, I want to give you a chance to find a place to pray. If you're in John the Baptist's position, and wow, what great company to be in. If you're in his shoes today, then I urge you when I say amen to find a place to pray, maybe here at this front area, maybe you're more comfortable praying at your seat, but let, let's, let's do that and let's, let's bring our doubts to the Lord and be reminded of everything he is and who we are through his eyes. Jesus, some of us, we are in a emotional prison. We are in a spiritual prison that has caused us to have some doubts. God, some of us, our prayers, uh, we're not seeing the results that we had hoped that we would see. God, some of us, we're in circumstances that are just so difficult. And God, the enemy will try to whisper lies to us. As we heard through your spirit earlier today, the enemy will try to whisper lies to us. But Lord God, I pray for truth. I pray for truth this morning. And may the truth set us free. May the truth set us free as we bring our doubts to you. And Lord God, I'll thank you for what you do. Meet with your people today. And set us free in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to pray, feel free to do so right now. And if God's released you, fellowship with one another in the hallway. God bless you. Let's seek the Lord together.